about the book of Ezekiel and in three reasons why God's people came under judgment and the similarities of today. In other words, there's, I've, I've been, lately Ezekiel's been all over me, been all over me. I, uh, in, the, in the end of my yearly Bible reading this year, I ended with Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel. And it took me six, eight weeks. I forgot how long quite it takes to do that, but um, it is a um, somewhat of a, I'm going to say this, I've got to be careful about what I'm saying, but I'm going to say negative uh, is not in a, in a uh, slandering way at all, but it is a hard, those are hard books, especially Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel. Uh, but why were they put in the Bible? Just because something's distasteful, Maybe, you know, to read, and it's hard to read some of what went on there. Um, But yet God put it in there because he says, I want you to review this. I want you to look at this. I want you to review this. I want you to analyze this. Even though it may be uh, denunciatory, uh, uh, rough, judgmental, uh, yet this is a book necessary for your Christian experience. To understand who I am and why I am what I am. Tonight, especially, I'm going to emphasize chapter 13, 14, 33, and 34. Could we be going where Israel has already gone? I'm talking about we, meaning as a country, as a Christian, as a a movement for Christ in this moment of time. If you know this, if history does anything, it repeats itself. Now, history, if you don't know history, you're doomed to repeat it. And if I may say, if you know it, you're doomed to repeat it almost. I mean, it just seems like uh, there'll be wars and rumors of wars, Jesus said. That means, you know, how long has it been since World War II? My mom and dad are World War II folks. They're all dead. Most of World War II people are dead. I believe, I believe the only World War II person in this room may be Bob Rose. And I think he lied about his age. <clears throat> but there's not many World War II people, and that's scary because those were the people reminding us of why we went to war. They're gone. And there's nobody there to say how horrible war is. My dad said there is absolutely nothing you'd, I mean, he said the horror of war is not describable. You only would go to war if it's just the absolute last ditch effort, nothing else will work. But they're gone. It doesn't seem it takes very long after those, the group is gone that the new group, they're itching for war. They get like they're itching for it. They want to do it. They want to fight. They're trying to pick a fight with each other. I'm not, if you knew the horror of war, you wouldn't want to. I, I somehow I think, you know, Lebanon used to be a beautiful place. And look at it now. It's just, it's just decimated. Somalia used to be a beautiful, it's decimated. Chesnia, is it right? Chesnia up there. Used to be beautiful. They had the Olympics up there. It's just, it's just a bombed out jungle of, of concrete. That's what oftentimes war do. 
And I think somehow those people, if they had to go back and rerun that, they'd go, I don't know if we want to do this. Let's see if we can settle these differences without picking up arms and, and going at Because when they started a civil war, and my brother knows a lot about civil war, my dad was a civil war student. When they started a civil war, Mount Fort Sumner, you know what? I, when we went to Fort Sumner and took that tour, I said to myself, the first thing I said is they didn't have to go to war. Let the South have the fort. It's a stu- it's a, it's, I say stupid. It's, just, it, it's not strategic. It's just a, a fort. And it was held by the North, but it was in the South. And if I was in the South, I'd have been upset that they had a Northern fort in the South. So they went, the South went and took Fort Sumner or bombed on it and everything. And, and, and Lincoln and all them declared a civil war. They thought that thing was going to be over in four or five months. Look what happened. Look at the absolute agony of, of lost life. 600,000 dead, millions wounded, lost limbs. Economy of the South completely decimated. Sherman marched to the sea, made sure of that. History repeats itself. Israel had it made under Jehovah. He was their God. It was a theocracy where God was their ruler. If they wanted to know what God wanted, they went to the priest. The priest went to God, high priests especially. God told them, here's what I want you to do. We had, they had the law of Moses, and they had it made. They had a ruler, a keeper, a guide, an instructor, a defender. All they had to do was obey God from the heart. The law of Moses was not overburdensome. Do you agree? It wasn't overburdensome. All the males of the Israel must go to Jerusalem three times a year. The laws of Moses gave order, peace, justice, equity. Those are good things. Those are things you want. Uh, the sacrificial system, which was developed, was structured for poor people and rich people. It, 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 it only demanded a minimum of property and time. So if one followed God's laws under Israel in the spirit of it, you would be happy, personally blessed by God himself. How do I know that? Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. I, I say on the authority of the Bible. Have you, have, had they practiced and believed the word of God that had been given them, God would have been all over them, helped them. The problem is, not only did they not obey from the heart, they, they did things according to the book of Ezekiel worse than the heathen that they replaced. You know, the, you know, Joshua took them in, replaced those seven great nations with great walled cities, miraculously delivered those people to them and let them inhabit their... And, but then Israel... Now, the, the reason that God replaced those seven nations was because of the hideousness of their wickedness. They, they began to sacrifice their children. There's one thing God don't seem to want to put up with is when people start sacrificing their children. The 10 northern tribes eventually, 210 years after got it going, and God took them away with Assyria, 721. What's crazy about all that is the remaining two tribes, you'd have thought would have looked at what happened to those 10 tribes, and Assyria came down and completely displaced them. 
You'd have said, they'd have said, well, we sure don't want that to happen to us. We need to get right with God. We had a revival. 136 years later, Babylon was sent in to discipline the two southern tribes just the way Assyria was sent in to discipline the ten tribes. And they were hauled away. All, their, all they considered dear was taken from them. And many of them were killed, brought down to a little handful. And the reasons for that are given in Isaiah and Amos, Hosea, Obadiah, Micah, Joel, Ezekiel, Jeremiah. They ignored the object lessons of terror that God had given them right in front of their eyes. The condemnation of Ezekiel is on the two tribes of Judah. So in surveying through the first 12 chapters, here are some of the adjectives used of the people of Israel. I'm going to read them quickly to you. It says they're impudent children and stiff-hearted. This is something that you don't want God to talk about, us. Impudent and hard-hearted. They changed my judgments into wickedness more than the nations and my statues more than the countries that were round about her. I could give you the references for all this. If you want them later, you can have them. But for the sake of time, I'm just going to move through it. Uh, They said, but they made the images of their abominations and their detestable things therein. They're full of bloody crimes. The city is full of violence. Would you like to walk down any major city in our country at night? You used to be able to. In Ezekiel chapter 7, verse 24, especially, I want to read, Wherefore I will bring the worst of the heathen, and they shall possess their houses. You never thought, did you ever think you were building your house for an Islamic couple? Are we painting this and decorating this for the Islamic temple? But that's what God said I'm going to do to you. You're going to have... All that stuff you count precious, you're, I'm going to the, I'm give it to the people who hate you and the heathen. Who, who, <laughs> I mean, look at it, look, 724. Wow, the worst of the heathen, not just the heathen, the worst of the heathen. That's big. He said, destruction cometh. It said they did great abominations. Chapter 8, they commit abominations, fill the land with violence. And in consequence of that, in Ezekiel 9, 6, he says, Slay utterly old and young, both maids and little children and women. Both of them come now near any man. It says, But come not near any man upon whom is the mark. Begin at my sanctuary. And they began at the ancient men which were before the house. God sent forth these angels to begin to take judgment. And boy, I like this verse. He said, Now don't go near any of them that's got the mark. God marked out the people that loved him. Ooh, that gives me hope tonight. You got the mark of God on you? He said, now, you go in there and do judgment, but now those, those people that, have, that loved me, secretly maybe, never knew, but you, they have a mark on them. Don't touch them. Don't touch them. And you shall know that I am the Lord, for you have not walked in my statutes, neither executed my judgments, and have done after the manner of the heathen that were round about you. You want to know why I'm so hard on on Christian rock music, as they call it. 
or CCM or whatever name they may call it. You know why I'm so hard on that? Because that is what the heathen, where did they get the idea of doing that? Where did they get the idea of, of laser shows? Where did they get the idea of fog? Where did they get the idea of that music? Where did all that stuff come from? It comes out of the world. I'm not talking about the, any part of the world. I'm talking about the lowest form of the world, the most wicked part of the world. And to bring that into God's house and to begin to worship him with that is exactly what these people did and incurred the judgment of God upon them. Chapter 12, verse 2, he says, Son of man, thou that dwellest in the midst of a rebellious house. By the way, that's repeated 12 times, rebellious house. They have eyes to see and see not. They have ears to hear and they hear not, for they are a rebellious house. I saw a pattern as I surveyed Ezekiel. I saw a pattern for defeat. Let me give it to you in three simple points. Number one, their prophets failed them. They followed, the prophets followed their own spirit, and they divined, this is a phrase that is kind of unique to both Jeremiah and Ezekiel, they divined lies in God's name. Let me read it, Ezekiel 13, verse 3, thus saith the Lord God, woe unto the foolish prophets that follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. If you turn TV on or, or Christian TV, you don't have to wait long before you'll see some boy up there uh, or a woman right off the bat. Did you know that to be a pastor, you have to be a husband of one wife? Tell me how a woman's at. There was no provision for women in preaching and in pastoring, none. No provision in the Bible. I've read it. No provision for women as being a deacon. No provision for leadership in the local church uh, for the women. The men were supposed to take the leadership because they were given the authority by God. Not because they're better, not because they're more proficient, but because God said so. Brother, if you don't start amen, we're going to be here for hours. I mean, when he chose the deacons, he didn't choose deaconesses. When he chose the disciples, he chose men, all 12 of them, even the son of perdition. And yet, you, have, you can't turn the, TV, the Christian TV on without having a woman. I'm trying to think of her name. God, I can't think of this woman. What's that? Huh? Joyce Myers. Do you see how big a crowd she's got? Do you ever see when the TV pans that place, how many people are there? I'm going to say 25,000. It's a massive auditorium. She bragged one time that she's reached half the world. You say, Brother Bill, how do you know God didn't call her? Because the Bible's true or she's true. Which one are you going to bet on? But they had picked up what the world did. They had prophets that said, the, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit's talking to me. But it, he said, it wasn't the Holy Spirit. It's their own spirit. They've seen nothing. They have seen vanity and lying divination. 
saying, The Lord saith, and the Lord hath not sent them, and they have made others to hope that they would confirm the word. They give false hope in the name of Jesus Christ. They rape the Bible. They, they disobey the Bible at the same time saying they represent God. Verse 7, chapter 13 says, have, they, have ye not seen a vain vision? Have ye not spoken a lying divination? Whereas ye say the Lord has said it, albeit I have not spoken? I have literally heard, and I, I watch, sometimes I watch them. I will hear them lie in the name of Jesus. They'll say, Jesus, did, and it's not, a, it's not, it's anti, if it contradicts the Bible, did God do it? Does God contradict his word? My word's forever settled in heaven. He says, not one jot or tittle will go without the whole law being fulfilled. Uh, my words will not pass. Heaven and earth pass away, but my words will pass away. In other words, what we have written in the Bible is, not, is inspired by God and is preserved by God Almighty. Our very foundation is based on what this book says. So when people get up there and say, God says this, God says that, you need to go to this book and say, is that so? You say, oh, nobody would lie in Jesus' name. Are you kidding? They lied back then in Jehovah's name, and they lie today. They're all over the place. I, I, I want to start naming names, but I don't, I don't have time. How many of these prophets do we have today? How many speak in the name of Jesus, disobey Jesus' words in the very same breath? How many people openly violate his words with their speech, their show? They show much love. Ezekiel 33, 31 says, they come unto thee as the people cometh. They sit before thee as my people. And they hear thy words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love. I'm not saying they don't cry. I'm not saying they don't, woo, man, they get excited. But he says, but their heart goeth after their covetousness. I always get a kick out of Benny Hinn and people like that when they do these healing trips, how they, how, uh, how they uh, take this massive offering on those places, a massive offering. If you, Doc, if you were given the gift of healing, the place that you could go and by grace heal the person you're talking to and had any kind of compassion, you'd go to the hospital and start healing people, wouldn't you? And it wouldn't have nothing to do with money. You wouldn't have nothing. As long as you got food and clothing and shelter, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't. But, but these, isn't it interesting? One guy, I heard recently this one of these TV evangelists had two jets, and he said they weren't good enough. He wanted a third jet. How many heard that? Yeah, you read. Or is that internet? He had three jets. He wants the, he wants the third one because he said that they're not big enough or something like that. And yet people just are like, oh, that's good. Oh, God's with him. The Bible, Ezekiel says these are divine lies. They cause people to believe a lie. Health and wealth gospel. Joel Osteen, Curly Top. He's not the first one. He's, uh, Jim Baker was one of, the, one of the biggest propagators of health and wealth. And then it was Jimmy Swaggart. And then it was so many others. They just fall in line. Boom, 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 boom. Perverting what the Bible says. That's what the sin of the day of Ezekiel was. They did not stand in a gap or make up the hedge for the land. Ezekiel 13, 5 says, You have not gone up into the gaps, neither made up the hedge for the house of Israel to stand in the battle for the day of the Lord. 
because of all their foolishness and overemphasis of the wrong things, they lost their focus on what really was important and what their job was, which was to get the word out to the lost nations around them. And because of this, the righteous people, the people that really love God, were disheartened and saddened. How do I know that? Ezekiel 30, 13, 22 said, Because with lies you have made the heart of the righteous sad. I don't know about you, but when I watch those programs and I see Joyce Meyer and my heart is saddened when I see that. I'm just saddened when I see her. I'm, it just makes me grieved. I can't, I can't stand it only so long. About five minutes, and I'm, I just got to turn it. I'd rather, I'd rather watch A-Team. I pulled that one out of the back, didn't I? I just love it when a plan comes together. Wow. He said, they said, whom I have not made. I didn't make, God said, I didn't make the righteous said, but you have strengthened the hands of the wicked. That they should not turn from their wicked way. The church's leaders today have failed in, in a gross number. They have emphasized self-help rather than self-sacrifice. They have emphasized gifts over service. They have emphasized ecstasy over enduring hardness as a good soldier. They have emphasized pragmatism over the principles of the Bible. They have emphasized physical healing over spiritual health. They have emphasized material wealth over spiritual wealth. All this done in the name of Jesus, they've been divining lies. So one of the reasons God came in and did what he did to his dear people, his people, called after his name, was because the prophets corrupted themselves and failed the people. Second thing is, their shepherds indulged. This found in chapter 34. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds, Woe be to the shepherds of Israel. They do feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? When you look at the opulence of religious, especially Christian, the Catholic Church is one of them. They take a vow of poverty and they live in luxury, being weighted on hand and foot by their followers, but they're not alone. They're not alone. Protestantism's right with them. They, they, uh, this recent homosexuality scandal in the Catholic Church, that's old. That's been going on for who knows how long. I, I listened to an interview of a guy that said uh, a cat, one of the Catholic uh, places where they, where they uh, get educated was just a, a nest of homosexuality. A priest tried to commit a homosexual act on my oldest brother, and he was able to break free. But it's not just, homo, it's not just the Catholics, is it? No, no, it's, it's popping its head up everywhere. You would think the last place you would ever find those kinds of sins would be in a, in a, in a place that they, they name the name of Jesus or, or they talk about God or they, or, they, or they reverence the Bible. But that's where it was. That's what happened in Ezekiel's day. They indulged themselves 
They lived in opulence. And they killed the mature who resisted them. Ezekiel 34.3 says, You eat the fat and clothe you with the wool. You kill them that are fed. That's the mature. How many cases of pastors coming into a church who did not... When, I'm, when, I, re, when I either die or resign or you throw me out, that's the three options. And you call another pastor to this church, that, that person is going to come in here without ever having worked a day, without ever having paid a dime, without ever having sacrificed anything for the campus and the premises here. And how many times does that happen that they come in and then run off the fundamental folks, run off the mature people if possible, just to take over the property, live off of the naive people that are left, and worse comes worse, and I've seen it happen three times, sell the property after they've run everybody off, take the money, and go somewhere. I don't know where they go. They're going to hell. You know, liberals almost never build anything. Fundamental people build stuff. Bible-believing people build stuff on sweat, blood, and tears. The liberals come in deceive through their degrees and their pomp, their ability to speak, but their actions, they deny the Bible. Brother, the first thing a guy comes in, how many, how many times have you known her folks have told me the story of a, you, you, you were at a church for 20, 30 years, a fundamental Bible in church. Some young guy comes in. All first thing he wants to do is let's get rid of this pulpit and put a, let's make it clear plastic. Let's get rid of that thing. That's an ancient, let's get rid of that. Let's put a set of drums back here. Let's bring in electric guitars. Let's change the lighting. Let's paint the whole building black. McGregor Baptist Church, the youth room is totally black. Ceiling, floor, walls. I don't know about you, but I thought the darkness, I thought we were supposed to stay away from darkness. This is probably as dark as I ever want anything. We're children of light. Wow. Consequently, the sheep were meat, M-E-A-T, for the wolves, the cults. They became a prey. While the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. And the third reason that God brought upon the judgment he records in Ezekiel in the fall of Israel is their watchmen slept. Their watchmen slept. Did you know you're a watchman? Did you know you're a watchman? What they had is a city would have, well, you military folks know this, you have a watch. You have the first watch, second watch, third watch, fourth watch. And my dad in, in the islands when he was in a war, in Tinian and Saipan, he would have a watch. And there was a password of the day. Every day had a different password. And you had to learn the password. Now, if you, didn't, if you went out and you didn't know the password, they were to shoot you. That was time of war. But they were to shoot you. They'd say, password. And if the guy didn't say it, they had the right to shoot him dead. I don't know if, any, if that was the same way when you but they were, My dad said he had a guy um, go out and do something. I don't know what the guy was doing, but he was outside of where he should have been. And my dad had an M1, you know. 
He said, password. And the guy said, you know, I, I forgot the password. I really don't know the password. Please don't shoot me. My dad decided not to shoot him. At the risk, really, of his own life. But the watchman slept. I want to say this by the authority based on the Word of God, that every born-again believer has a priesthood, a priesthood of the believer. We call it the New Testament doctrine of the priesthood of the believer. You guys are priests under God. How do I know that? Where is the Holy of Holies? Where were the priests? In the Holy of Holies. Holy place, Holy of Holies. That's where they served. Now God says, you get born again. I'm putting my Holy Spirit, my most holy of holies, I'm putting it in every believer. Know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit in whom God dwells. So now you are the temple of God's Holy Spirit. You are the priest, as it were, to God. We're a holy, we're a holy nation, a, a, a chosen generation of priests for God, a royal priesthood. You people here are responsible to keep gospel baptist church true to the bible bill Lytell's responsible the deacons have some responsibility but ultimately every believer is a priest and every believer has a responsibility to make sure that this church does not wander away from that word and brother if god's priests had done what they were supposed to do uh, Israel would not have gotten into trouble, and today our New Testament churches would not be being taken over uh, like dominoes falling one to another by this new church uh, heretical movement who's, who's imaging the world. Ezekiel 33, 6 says, But if the watchmen see the sword come, and blow not the trumpet, and the people not be warned. If the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. There have been many watchmen and deacon boards and in congregations across America who remained silent while false prophets came in and indulged themselves and pillaged the local church. My uncle called me. He had helped start a church up in Fort Wayne. He was a, one of the founding members of it. Been there over 40 plus years. Financially, he had invested many, many, a lot of money in it, as well as he was a deacon and a, you know, a soul winner and just part of the group every way you can be part of that. They got a 30-year-old guy they called in. They were having Sunday morning, Sunday night. They were having Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night services when this young man came in. He said he was good with it. Everything was good. First thing he came in, he says, well, now we don't need to have Sunday school. There's no point in having Nobody comes to Sunday school anymore. We don't need Sunday school. I told my uncle when he called me, by the way, by the time my uncle called me, they were only having one service a week. The guy said he couldn't prepare any more than that because he just couldn't do a good job over more than one a week. I said, Uncle, Stan, the, the, the day he came to you and said, you, they weren't, we don't need Sunday school, is the day you met with the other deacons and fired him and threw him out of there on a rail. I mean, I said, you've waited too long. 
Oh, uncle says, I think we can vote him out. I said, no, no. So they had a church vote, and guess who got voted out? Stan Bender. And all of the people who built the place and financially invested in the place, they got voted out slightly because that young man had been working hard getting new people in, new people that would be loyal to him, new people that were naive of the Bible, new people that had little knowledge of the Word of God. And he got all these new people in that joined the church and were legitimate voting members and outvoted them. I said, uncle, the first time you heard him do something stupid like that, sure, you confront him personally, one-to-one, by yourself, and then you bring him to the deacon board, and he's not going to change because let me tell you, these are wolves in sheep's clothing. One of my major prayers in the last four or five years has been that God would not allow that to happen here. But it happened up at Crichton's church. It happened at Brother Crab's church. And Brother Crichton's a pretty smart guy. And Brother Crab's a pretty smart guy. I figure if it happened to him and happened to them, it can happen here. Don't you let it. I'm trying to fire you up a little bit tonight. Deacon, no deacon, if you're a member of this church and you see something not biblical, you get on your horse and ride it and make it happen. Get in the face of the chairman of the board. Get in the face of the assistant chairman. Go to the deacons and sit among them and say, look, men, this is what the Bible says, and we're not supposed to do this. Rise up, O man of God. I know a false prophet, false teacher will say, well, now, you know, the Bible says, touch not thine anointing. He's talking about a legitimate guy. Of course you don't do that to somebody that's trying to do the Bible and trying to do the right thing because you don't like the way he combs his hair or because you don't like he drives a Dodge. Or You would never do that to them, somebody stupid. And, but that's sometimes what happens. Or maybe he's not friendly like you think he should be, or he's not this or that. You, of course you don't rise up and touch God's anointing for those kind of reasons. But brother, when they come in and start to want to pull you to the left, away from the word of God, don't do it. Don't do it. Move not the ancient landmarks thy forefathers have set. There's reasons why your forefathers did what they did. And these, these, remember what you are, you're a watchman. Watchman! What of the night? You're a watchman. God's going to hold you responsible. Don't choose silence and quiet departure over confrontation. Don't do it. These watchmen in Ezekiel's day saw the enemy coming and did nothing. They did nothing. They were quiet. They took the easy route. They took the peaceable route. And the evil people came in and corrupted and made the people of God sad. And eventually, when it gets out of the hands of the people, God picks it up. And when God picked it up, and you know, you know what happened. I, I, when God picked it up, whoo, doggies. You don't want that to happen. 
We need some old-fashioned barnstorming, window-rattling, devil-fighting, sin-hating, fearless confrontation, or junkyard dog, mean-against-intruders-type Christians who will stand up for truth in the face of the enemy. Or we're going to suffer the same fate Israel suffered. And you know what? All of America is dependent on us. Do you know why United States of America is, is here tonight? Because of you. It's because of you. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. The only hope we really have, um, the only hope America's got are the folks in this room who love Jesus and want to obey the Bible. He saved Sodom for 10 of those type people. He would have 10. I don't know how big Sodom was. There's been all kinds of mathematics done about that, okay? Hiles, Jack Hiles, did a big mathematical study on that. And he said if there were 40,000 Christians in America like what God would have qualified those 10 in Sodom, there was just 40,000 Bible-believing from the heart wanting to please God people. God will save America. Well, I can tell you there are because we're still here. We're not here because Hillary wants you to be here. You're not here because the liberals like what you're doing. You hear what they say about us. We're only here in spite of their aborting a million babies a year. God is holding that wrath back for your sake, for your sake. Because when there doesn't get to be the 10, history repeats itself. You see what he did to Israel, his own people. You see what he did to Sodom and Gomorrah. You see what he did to the flood, the people of the flood. He's consistent. I think Josiah delayed the judgment of God in Jerusalem because of his righteousness. I believe Hezekiah changed history because of his righteousness. I believe Joshua changed history because of his righteousness. And I believe you can change the outcome or at least delay the judgment of America because if you live righteously, godly, and holy, and soberly in this present age. Amen? Amen. It's the best thing you can do. So what can you do? Plan of action, and I'm done. Number one, watch out for false and anti-biblical stands. Watch, watch for it. Number two, confront anti-biblical stands privately immediately when you see them. Make sure that you're not standing for, that make sure when you do this, you're standing for a major, not some minor preference or cultural peculiarity. I mean, you don't like the way Barrows wears his hair. I don't either. <laughs> I'm willing to overlook it. Heather does. Uh, make sure what you're standing for is major. Elect deacons. Call pastors. 
that you know have an aggressive biblical stand and are willing to do the right thing. Now, if you, if you somehow misjudge that, replace them. Replace them. Find somebody who has compassion for the loss and hates sin. Fast and pray for God's work. As our brother preached on Sunday school not long ago. Support world missions. Read your Bible. Stop watching. Stop watching Christian TV. Except if it's for somebody you absolutely know solid. Those Christian TV people are most for most the part for the most part are unaccountable to anybody. Anybody. People send money in out of this church. I've heard people send money into some of those people. And I'll go to them when I find out about it, and I'll say, you're sending money into so-and-so. Why would you do that? Do you know where that money goes? No. But they seem, they seem good. In other words, if you give money to the Gospel Baptist Church, do you know where the money goes? You better say yes, because we do everything we know to do to make, let you know where the money goes. Everything, every dime of the money that you give the gospel baptism has accountability to it. Has man, we have an auditing team, Mrs. Mrs. Moats. We've got we've got uh, this accountant right here spent his whole life in accounting, goes over the books. I want you to I want this thing to be just squeaky clean. Wouldn't anybody that wanted to do the right thing? Hmm. I know churches where the pastors. Take the money, make the deposit, and write the checks. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rub the cat the wrong way, but I wouldn't go to a church like that. I would never be a member of a church like that. It may be fundamental, solid as can be, but if the pastor did that, that's so unwise, that's so stupid, that's so crazy, that makes him so vulnerable for accusation, and the Bible says you're supposed to keep yourself above reproach, in that degree he's sinning, I wouldn't go to that church. That's just me. I think I gave you some pretty good reasons. Financial accountability, brother. There's nothing corrupts people like money. They always say when you see some wrong, follow the money. Why do they say that? Because money corrupts. And then lastly, stay in the word of God. You know, you know the best thing I can do for you is encourage you to educate yourself in the Bible. I'm not afraid of you. The more you know about the Bible, the better you'll like me. Does that make sense to you? If you're trying to obey the Bible as a pastor and trying to obey the Bible as a deacon and trying to obey the Bible as a church, the more the people know what the Bible says, the better it is for all of us. But if you're trying now, if you're trying to deceive people and trying to slip stuff in, then you, don't, you want an ignorant, you want an ignorant congregation that doesn't know much about the Word of God. I got to stop. Stay in the Word. And may Jesus himself give you mercy and grace. Father, help us tonight as we've briefly gone through this Ezekiel, book of Ezekiel. As I saw those three major reasons, and, they, and, and they, it put, it put the, the, the weight of responsibility on the leadership. Why did Israel fall? Their leadership fell. 
God, help us to have godly and, and honest leadership. Father, there may be some in this room that maybe in the future they're going to get a chance to save a local church from a wolf. Help them, Father. Encourage them in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand again. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.